got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. You don't got time that. Right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Adam Drovetta on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, how's it going? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on your Good Friday headed into the Easter weekend. Do you remember? I don't know why I just thought of this. Do you remember when uh, Kevin Harlan got in trouble? For uh, Easter, because Easter's really late this year, but Easter came early a couple years ago. I think it was 2018. Um, Syracuse is like a 10 seed. They're playing one seed Virginia in the Elite Eight, and Syracuse down like, I don't know, 15, 20 points or something like that at one point in the game. They came back, they they beat Virginia in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. And I remember on the call, Kevin Harlan was like, and back from the dead on Easter Sunday or something like that. And he got got in trouble trouble for for that. Yeah. That doesn't feel. I know. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't feel that bad. I, anyway, I don't know. I just thought about that. Uh, RCSD brought to you by T-Mobile. T-Mobile has amazing deals for everyone at any of the Lawrence locations. Don't choose between value or coverage. Get both with T-Mobile. Did you guys get presents for Easter? We have sports kids. to talk about, just FYI, folks, but I'm just asking. What I'm are curious. sports? Um, No, we used to get, like, well, yes and no, so, like, presents were candy like we would just get like a basket and we yeah. have like all sorts of different types of candy so you know? we, we would get candy but then we would occasionally it, it wasn't it was never like christmas mm-hmm. but we'd get something small like an action figure like we get candy and then there'd be one present and it was usually like an action figure yeah i nothing we, it wasn't anything like we christmas. would do the little like easter egg hunts that you know yeah, the we kids did the hunts. around and, and most of them would have candy in them but some of them would have like dollar bills or something oh yeah, a yeah, kid, yeah you're like oh my gosh i'm rich well, yeah i you got know? a buck yeah when i uh our, our community did a, a, a easter egg hunt at um so to kind of just set this up there was at the time gardner the the high school has now switched locations from when i was a child but at the time, the elementary school and the high school were right next to each other. And so the um, practice field for the high, the high school football stadium was in one spot, but the practice field for the high school football team was its own little grassy field with a couple of old goalposts on it, and it was right next to the playground where elementary school kids played at recess. So during the day, that was kind of used for recess, and then after school in the afternoon, the high school football team used it to practice. Well, anyway, every year around Easter – maybe even the day before Easter, um, they had uh, an Easter egg hunt on that plot of land, on that kind of big, it was just this huge grassy field. Um, and anyway, they brought this black, uh, it looked like a train, but it rolled on, like it could go on a street, so it had normal like wheels and tires that could go on a, and so like kids could ride on that. Yeah. And anyway, they scared the hell out of me because <laughs> that stupid whistle. Oh, so you were not a fan of Thomas the Tank Engine? No, probably. I didn't no. watch much Thomas. Yeah. But yes, no, that thing scared me to no end <laughs> because of that stupid whistle. So I'd, um, I associate those things. And then the other thing I associate with anybody who lives around here, and Derek, I know you lived in a few places growing up, but anybody who lives around here, um, you associate Easter with tornadoes because inevitably there are tornadic storms around Easter weekend. Okay, let me ask you, what is your like go-to Easter candy? 
For me, it's it's the uh, Reese's peanut butter eggs. Yeah, it's the eggs, right? The um, peanut butter eggs have the perfect a or I mean, um, um, peanut butter to chocolate yes. ratio. Hundred percent. I actually have started to get on the white chocolate eggs. Of I don't late. care for white chocolate. I I love those ones. Those are amazing. And this year, me and my wife for for Lent, both practicing Catholics, gave up sweets. So this year, it's so going to feel even better. But also this year, of those well, I'm 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 just a big ice cream guy in general. That's we're gonna not have to usually saw on your tweet. You're I know, have to right? Soft your foot yeah, next I, week because you're going to go so I was hard. Say, at the I sugar. might have diabetes at the end of this weekend. But um. Uh, ice cream shop in town, not a sponsor, so not going to mention name. Did a special ice cream. On oh the yeah, day you told me about this. Okay, you making the title game? We're like, hey, we can't eat this, but let's just go pick some up, and then that'll be our snack on uh, Easter Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that this weekend. But nonetheless, uh, something we were talking about yesterday. Let me the- ask you this. I'm sorry, real oh, yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. but let me. Ask, I, would you say I I believe now I grew up Catholic. Uh, I'm no longer a practicing Catholic. Um. So I guess I would just say I'm not Catholic at all. Uh, but in a way, it's like being Italian. I kind of <laughs> never not going to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. I just It's in my blood. Um, but anyway, um, so, okay, so on Friday, now it used to be any Friday, Lent or otherwise, you couldn't eat meat. You could eat, eat seafood or, mm-hmm. but no other type of meat. And But now that's just in Lent. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, it was any Friday. Right. Um, but anyway. If you're if you're acknowledging that sacrifice, I would argue, granted as a non-practicing Catholic, that the impossible, you know, or the beyond meat or the impossible meat that they have now, I would argue that that doesn't count because that tuss, that stuff tastes and feels so much like meat that you're not making any real sacrifice there. Yeah, I would, I, I don't ever eat that to begin with. I actually don't really like that stuff, so I don't know. But it's I, not even like a black bean burger. But I, I get what like you're a black saying. bean burger doesn't feel or taste right. anything like ground I get what beef. You're saying. These things really taste and feel like ground beef. So to me, yeah, technically you're not even meat, but it's if if what it is is about the sacrifice, then you're not making any real sacrifice there. Well, so just go eat your I don't know. piles of fried shrimp at the local right at the local Sacred Heart. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, so we mentioned yesterday with with KU and the off season approach and, and looking ahead to all these decisions. One of the things we briefly talked about at the end that we didn't really have time to get into fully was what happens if KU does get popped by the IRP and, and by the NCAA, which, to be clear, we still have no idea the timeline. I would imagine it should be soon. My guess is it does happen this offseason just because it feels like it should happen by now. But again, we still don't know. Um, we know that it's in their minds enough we do. to have Mark Emmert wedding himself and yeah, calling right? him the Kansas City Jayhawks. And, and we also have no idea how it goes. Like KU could get off scot-free. KU could have a devastating punishment. We, we don't know. We just don't know. Um but if KU does get popped by the IARP, and let's say it's a one-year postseason ban, yeah, right? So they're out next year. Like, how does that affect the roster management? I think it's pretty significant. I got to think. I can't see MJ. I, I think Uday, Grady Dick, and and MJ Rice are gone. I think maybe you could say Grady Dick because he's, uh, although is he from Kansas? I know he plays at Sunrise Christian, but I thought he was from, like, Texas. He might be. I don't I don't know. It's always but, hard with those kids who, who yeah, come they to those, cut, Yeah, because, like, know. the— because that's kind of become like they compete with like IMG Academy mm-hmm. and what's the Oak Hill, yeah, like those Montford. sorts of places. And so yeah, so those kids a lot of times are never from the town in which that place the the school is. So I don't think he's a native Kansan. I could be wrong on that though. Um, but maybe because he he plays even though you know he plays so close to KU, maybe he still winds up coming here. I don't know, but um. 
I gotta. I would just assume, like, if we find out tomorrow that breaking news, the NCAA or the IARP, which, by the way, to go off on a quick tangent, everything I'm hearing, now I want to be clear, I'm not as, I like to think I'm pretty plugged in, but I also acknowledge that I've only been doing, I've only been working full-time in this industry for a limited amount of time. So I wouldn't, you know, but I do feel like, I, I feel very comfortable in saying this. The IARP appeals, appears to be acting more as like a in-between negotiator between yeah, Kansas and the NCAA than what I because initially they were they were we we were told they're going to be no they make the decision and what they say is final but now it seems like they're acting more as like a negotiator between Kansas and the NCAA because we had that story there was some legitimacy to that story out on Twitter that it was that there was some thought. Um, that it was Self and Townsend would be allowed to coach during the regular season for the next two years, but in neither of the next two postseasons. And what I understand is that the NCAA said that's not good enough for us. And so they had to go back to the drawing board. And so from there, I kind of found out that it appears the IARP is not this new decision maker. It's they're working as a negotiator. However, back to the whole point of this topic if, but if they come out, if it comes out tonight or this weekend, breaking news, Kansas is banned from the 2023 tournament. Your first thought would be, wow, that streak of post-national, uh, the former champions Which not getting funny, past the, the last Sweet two 16. Times they wouldn't have made the tournament would be because, it, yeah, yeah, of an NCAA yeah. ban. Um, and they would have both been coming off title games, yeah. title teams. Um, but, uh. I would think my immediate thought would be great. No Grady Dick, no Ernest Uday, and no MJ Rice. That would be like I wouldn't even think twice about that. See, I I don't know on like I guess it, I, no. I want to be clear. I don't know anything about those guys. I've not spent thing. time with any of them, so I don't know. I'm just what I'm basing that on is with the exception of Cade Cunningham. The pattern tends to be guys not going to the school after they find out they've just been popped. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I think it just purely depends, and this is kind of a cop-out answer, on, like, what does the recruit, for as far as the high school kids, what is the recruit expecting out of his college experience? Like, in the case of an MJ Rice or, or whoever, are they expecting to be a one-and-done? Because if you're expecting to be a one-and-done, then you're probably not going to come there. But you can yeah, also you make play the argument. The I mean, yes, yes. But you could also make the argument like, you know, I'm, I'm still going to have all these games on national TV. I'm still going to be like, we're going to be ESPN. We, you know, we are the brand. People are still going to be watching us. We're still going to be sold out at games. We're still going to be playing primetime games, still playing against some of the top opponents in the country. So you could make that argument. Um, but yeah, that, that would affect it. Now, in the case of if, you know, if any of those guys are like, you know, I'm fine being a two and done or whatever then maybe you still stay if that ends up being the case. Um, I think it just all depends on that. Let me ask you this. This is kind of going down um, a rabbit hole. But we do know at the very least Bill Self has had lawyers, and I want to be I want to be really careful here because nothing has been filed. What we know, though, what has come out and is, is public knowledge is that there have been lawyers for Bill Self telling the NCAA to preserve evidence. Mm-hmm. So, which means that it's possible, that doesn't mean it will happen, but it's possible that they could come down with this and Bill Self could sue um, 
the NCAA and it, it, the um, the word they they used was tortious, which sounded a lot like torturous, which is not the same thing. Um, but it, it the base the root word of that is tort. Um, anyway, it, it involves a person's capacity to make money. Um, but anyway, it um, so my point is is what if KU or Bill Self, what if there's a lawsuit, a pushback against this, and then a judge puts in some sort of injunction that says, okay, what's going to happen is we're going forward with this lawsuit, the NCAA then the judge will kind of probably, if the judge puts out some sort of restraining order that says this ruling is no longer legitimate, KU can participate in the 2023 tournament, however, or in the 2022 tournament. However, no, 2023, I'm sorry, I'm all mixed up. So they say, okay, this lawsuit's going forward. KU, we're going to put an injunction on it. KU can participate in the 2023 tournament. However, if the result of the lawsuit finds in favor of the NCAA, then KU will be ineligible for the 2024 NCAA tournament. It's possible. I also think that anything that would be done legally would be separate from the NCAA because the NCAA is a sports league. The legal stuff would have to deal with lost wages and, and things no, of that No, but you would nature, be suing the NCAA, and what the, the argument would be preventing from preventing self from being in the NCAA tournament, preventing KU from going to the NCAA tournament would result in a lost chance at wages. Again, I don't so I don't know the, how that works. I just think that would come from the nature of like first of all, I, I just don't think it'd be done in time. Um it'd probably take a while. No, that's why the injunction would be put in and the ruling would be suspended another year. I guess it's possible. I just I, I kind of view it as they'd say, no, NCAA has the jurisdiction to prevent you from making their tournament or not, but we can talk about the lost wages. Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not a lawyer. Um the guys that I think it's interesting for is like, how does that affect the guys who could be coming back? I think in the case of, you know, your Bobby Pettifords, Joe Yesifus, guys like that, I don't see it affecting them because I kind of see those guys as being guys who are going to be here for a couple more years. Dewan Harris, same for him, right? To where if you're you're banned from a postseason, then you know you just say, okay, we'll stick with it, and then we'll be back in the tournament in two years, right? The worst. I, I'm going to have you say who you think it affects the worst because I think we think the same player. Well, I think Christian Brown would be for sure gone at that point. I would agree, but I, I think th- David McCormick would be for sure gone. Yes, I think Jalen Wilson would be for sure gone. I think Jalen Wilson would. I think it would hit Jalen Wilson the hardest because I think he stands to gain the most by coming back. Yes, and I think that you could argue all of those guys have reasons why they would come back. And I agree. And I think in the case of like Jalen Wilson, I view it as a fifty-fifty coin flip. I don't but think that, Wilson gets drafted this year. I yes. think Brown does. Yes, but that that changes the impact if they do have a one-year postseason. And, and I think, and if I agree, and that's why I think Jalen Wilson has more to lose because if he does come back, he could at least work himself into a second round. A well, place now that in I'm the, talking in the second round, see now that I'm saying it out loud, though, I'm actually wondering if maybe Jalen isn't the answer. I'm wondering if Jalen maybe is the least affected. Oh, I think he's the most. Because, no, think about it. I mean, Jalen's biggest thing as far as NBA draft prospect is I would imagine teams are going to tell him, we want you to be more athletic, continue to improve on that. But most importantly, we want you to be a better shooter. He struggled shooting the ball. Yeah. He can show that over the course of a season. That's a good point. He doesn't point. need it's the just, NCAA tournament He wouldn't to have that. the chance to show out on the biggest stage. No, he wouldn't. But, again, Kansas is on, as far as the regular season, Yeah, they're, they're not. Stage i got to think ESPN will still show him. Right. Um yeah, they'll still be on ESPN and everything. They'll still be in the Champions Classic. Yeah, they'll still be in marquee games. They'll really still be in the funny. Big 12 SEC showdown, right? So, um, The other thing that I'm of interest is how do those three guys, and this is outside the IARP stuff, with Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, David McCormick, 
how do their decisions affect the rest of the roster? So, like, in the case of if Christian Brown comes back, I don't know if I view that affecting anyone. Maybe it affects K.J. Adams because K.J., hypothetically, like, he came in as kind of a wing four-man who played the five because he didn't really have uh, much yet developed offensively. But um, so maybe it affects that because if Christian comes back, he's going to be playing the three and the four, and that means you have a lot of minutes that are given out at those positions to MJ Rice, Grady Dick, Christian Brown, and maybe there's less minutes to go around for KJ Adams to play any three or four next year. But I don't see his decision impacting anyone really from transferring. I think Jalen and Dave, if either of them come back, it could very well impact somebody wanting to transfer out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody that they would think that I had, like it would be, um, I'm trying to think of a decent equivalent, like if Remy, if Remy had another year of eligibility and decided to come back, now this is a hypothetical, but I'm just using it to further your point, that could lessen the chance of maybe a Yesifu or a Pettiford coming back because they'd see a guy right in front of them. Right. Whereas um, now they're like, whereas well, now they're like, might start, they're going to have know? probably two guys possibly starting between those three of Dewan, Yesifu, and, and um, Pettiford, and then a third guy that will get probably plenty of minutes off the bench. Um, but, yeah, to that point, I, I agree completely. If, if you think, okay, if I come back, I've got a real shot of upping my playing time, but, oh, my gosh, now this dude. And on top of that, it's not like, like you know, Darrell Arthur was behind Julian Wright. If Julian Wright had come back, Darrell Arthur, it, you don't know what would happen, but let's say it would have stayed the same. The difference is between then and now is that if, you, if, if Darrell Arthur would have transferred, let's say he would have gone to, like, Baylor. So I want to go get playing time. He would have to sit out a year. You don't mm-hmm. have to. Any- Yesifu would have to if he went to a different school. But um, if you're a player now and you think, I'm going to get some minutes next year, and then all of a sudden somebody comes back that you didn't think was coming back and you can transfer and not sit out at all, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. So I, I think that if either of those guys come back, then uh, maybe the prospects of, I, I know I've just seen this one and heard this one a lot. Michael Swain said, I, I don't know, like a guy like KJ Adams maybe could be more 50-50 on it. If one of those guys comes back and, and they directly impact his position, like maybe that's a guy that um, ends up transferring away. Maybe a guy like Zuby Ejiofer or something decommits. I don't know. So would you agree that this Dave... It's all speculation, by the way. I don't know. Would you agree that Dave, of the guys that could come back, Dave could impact the decisions of the rest of the roster? Like he could have the biggest ripple effect? Yes. Because, like, I don't, I don't think anybody – I just don't see anybody in the way right now that's going, well, if Jalen comes back or if Christian comes back, like, I don't view anybody on the roster right now. See, Jalen, I do. Jalen, I do with KJ. KJ? Because the way I view it is that KJ would be the four right now for when either Clements or Martin's on the floor, or he could be in those yeah. situations. If Jalen comes back, he is your four. That's you know, he's going to play 30 minutes, so that eliminates most of the minutes there. With Dave – it's the ripple effect of... Because, Dave, you've got KJ. You have KJ, you've got you have Clements, Zach Clements, you've you have got Cam, Cam Martin, Martin, right? You have uh, Ernest Uday. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a lot of big I guys. The, I think the ripple effect's bigger depending on what Dave does. Right. And, heck, I mean, do we see? You know, I we've had these questions the last two years, and it hasn't ended up happening because as, as time has gone on, we've moved further away from the two big lineups. But at that point, knowing Zach Clements and Cam Martin can shoot, do we see any... Of those two next to each other. I don't think we would, but I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. It's just interesting. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, We're going to learn a lot more, I think, over the next couple weeks. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to be joined by Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, 
in about 10, 15 minutes from right now. This is RCST. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Brian Haney will join the show in about 10 minutes. Voice of the Jayhawks here. RCST brought to you by T-Mobile. T-Mobile expanded their nationwide 5G network to now cover over 80% of Americans. And in just a few years, it could be up to 99% of Americans. Switch today to T-Mobile and receive an iPhone 13. That's right. iPhone 13. So go switch. Uh, By the way, KU has a new walk-on with... uh, Cool name. Yeah, an electric name. I can't get the Wi-Fi to pull it up in front of me, but you'll have to take my word for it. Um... I think I texted his name to you the other day. Yeah, it's like Waverly. I don't know something. Yeah, it's it's like a name that you would have read. You would have read in like a a nineteenth century novel. Somebody's got to take the mantle of uh, Chris Tehan, man. I think it's Evers Waverly. There we go. Yeah, uh, Michael Jankovic will be a senior walk on next year. He's he's a pretty good shooter. I think he'll take that mantle pretty well. Okay. Um, yeah, but he doesn't have like that's the thing. He doesn't the thing, have Con- the, like Connor Tian, who I believe started he had the bravado be, and the hair well, and, and, and Connor Tian. I think was a walk on at the beginning, and he had the thing where he looked like Zach Efron. <laughs> Chris Tian had the whatever he calls his hair, <laughs> um, and it's red, which just adds a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then you know, so you've got these guys, whereas. Jankovic is kind of a laid-back kind of dude, you know, pops is enjoying retirement, whatever. Yeah. So they need they need a, a they need a, a staple of a walk-on. So maybe this will be the guy. Okay, uh, our daily poll for today, something we touched on a little bit yesterday in the 5 o'clock hour, um, was KU football. We didn't touch on this, what I'm about to say, but our daily poll for today, would you rather KU football goes 2-10, but all 10 losses are by one score. So they are very competitive. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. go 4 and 8, but all 8 losses are blowouts. I'd go 4 and 8. So you can vote at RCST 1320. That's tough, man. That is tough. I would go 4 and 8. Um but that it would just be I I don't know. I just feel like 4 and 8 would feel so great even though you would even if you're getting clubbed the other eight games. Like, you would have your best record in 13 years. Like, part of it, too, that's the thing. It's your best record in that long, so in that way, it would be positive progress. But what if, like, what if you started, like, four and four in the last four losses the entire last month drubbed, of the season? You're just, you're just losing getting, by 50. Yeah, smoked every week. That's a good that's point. That's tough. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it does depend on, on like, when the those manner wins in which come, it happens, right? Yeah. Like, if it goes... Like if you if win it the goes last like one, win, loss, loss, win, loss, loss, and you do it that way. Yeah, then, I think that's fine. Then you're all right. And the wins are what matter most at the end. So, like, that's what I should take. But I'm, I'm but very if much. Say, if you look at your schedule, that's gonna buy. That's by definition will come with some encouraging wins. Because mm-hmm. if you assume, if you go four and eight, okay, one of them is probably Tennessee Tech. But then that would mean you would have three. Um, you would have three Power Five wins. Right, if you go four and eight, and one of them is Tennessee Tech, or no Houston, who will eventually be a power five. Yes, yes, eventually be a conference. But if, assume one of them foe. is is not Houston. But anyway, I, I don't know. I would say four and eight, just because that would mean you've beaten multiple real teams. Yeah, 
Uh, that that is true. I just I keep getting pulled to the two and ten one just because it's like, does the two and ten where all ten of your other games are are competitive games, is that more indicative of success for the following season, or is the four and eight the because you won more games? Yeah. So I I don't know. That's a tough one. You can vote at RCST thirteen twenty. We're gonna take a timeout. Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, joins us next. All right, happy Friday. Good Friday here, Easter weekend, and we're joined now by Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Um, first things first, Brian, we saw you in the uh, uh, the parade over last weekend, and I don't know how many players made it, if any, but there's the one point during the parade where they had the basketball hoop set up, and you nailed the, sh- the shot. You sunk it. Have you been practicing your, your horse lately? I mean, <laughs> what went into that? <laughs> Man, just a whole lot of luck, honestly. That was a fun moment, though. And I've been told that no players hit it, which is why the crowd reacted the way they did, because I was the last car <laughs> in the parade, the last one to have a chance to make it. But Which, by the way, I, I've, I've laughed with friends. I don't know why they put me and Gurley behind <laughs> Coach Self the last two cars. You talk about the most anticlimactic ending to a parade. You got the rock star, Bill Self, and then the radio slackies behind him. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was lucky on the shot, and uh, it was a tough angle. I don't know, maybe 20 feet, moving car. I don't think I could do it again with 20 tries. But thankfully, it, it went through when it did. And as I said on social media, that truly is the, the pinnacle of my athletic achievement. So <laughs> for the high school JV golfer that we used to talk about back in the day on Rock Chalk Sports Talk, I, I think I peaked on Sunday in the parade. That's a good place to peak. Everybody watching and, and sitting around. Did you did you get a choice? I, I'm assuming Bill Self got his choice of car when he asked for the Camaro. Did you get a choice of car? <laughs> We did actually. There, there were uh, there were three or four that were designated, you know, radio network cars, and they wanted Greg and I to ride on our own cars. So um, we let Amy pick between the two cars. That's his wife, and so I, I got whatever was left there. And then they put the the pre and post game guys with Steve Kincaid in the the bed of a big pickup truck where they could all sit together. But it was it was an amazing experience. I think Jason Booker and, and Travis Goff were allowing us to be a part of that. Never expected to be a part of that, but man, it was fun. And uh, you know, it's the whole week has been surreal. It's been what eleven days now, ten days since we won it all, and uh, finally after the banquet last night, it's finally starting to sink in completely. But it still feels surreal uh, because it's something you dream of your whole life. And, and obviously, as fans, we got to cheer them on. 14 years ago doing this, but um, to get to have a front row seat for it all and to get to cover it as the announcer has just been the opportunity of a lifetime. And so last night, seeing that group together for the final time, um, and, you know, they'll have reunions, I'm sure, but Coach Self said it, and he's right. I mean, this may be the last time they're ever fully assembled because at least one of them is is flying out today to start all his pre-draft workout stuff and the rest of them, you know, will be on their way shortly. And so uh, it was one of those get one last picture, soak it all up, take it all in type moments because uh, special as this run has been, we now have to say goodbye to these guys and, and they'll live on forever. And Jayhawk Lore is one of the great postseason teams in Kansas basketball history. But uh, last night was pretty special to send them off in that fashion. Yeah, it was. And we didn't get the uh, moment. I, I, this is more of something that happened pre um, I guess testing in the NBA draft because that's just kind of changed everything. So many guys testing, but 
I remember years past where that was sometimes a platform for some guys to announce they were coming back. Um, I remember Perry Ellis when when I was in school. That was the case, I believe, for him. Um, but as we look at the offseason, it, it feels like you know the three biggest decisions that are going to be made, Jalen Wilson, David McCormick, Christian Brown, those are all guys that have the, the decision of, do I stay in the NBA draft? Do I go to the NBA draft? Whatever I do. Um, and I think all of them have, have different levels of intrigue. With, with Jalen, it's, you know, I don't know if, if you're going to be drafted, but are you fine being on a two-way contract? And um, are you fine just saying, you know, I'll just go if after, you know, kind of coming off the high of the championship? But also, uh, I'm sure the clear direction for him will be, well, go back to school and, and shoot it a lot better. And if you do that, maybe you could be a drafted guy. Uh, for Christian Brown, do you follow a similar path to Ojag Baji and say, you know, I'll, I'll come back to school and try to work myself into a lottery pick by being the guy? Or um, is it different because Christian might still be a first-round pick, uh, unlike I think Ochai would have been last year? And David McCormick is a guy that I don't really see him popping up on NBA draft radars or anything. And... I think if you logically went through the idea and said, wait, you're telling me a a guy could come back to school after essentially winning Final Four MOP, even though he didn't actually win it, but in theory would have won it um, if it was voted on at the end, and that he could make so much money off NIL, not just locally, but I mean, uh, he's a big enough poll, I would think, at this point that... um, Adam brought up to me yesterday, you know, you see him on the the Wendy's over on 23rd stretched out. Wendy's is doing all those March Madness commercials with Reggie Miller. Who's to stop, you know, David McCormick from being a national guy that they have in the commercials, you know, to where you could get that sort of thing and, and really cement your jersey being retired in the rafters. You come back another year. Yet at the same point in time, you have the drop mic moment that he could leave going out on top, and and I've kind of just been under the assumption since the last few weeks of the regular season that he was going to be gone. Uh, what of those three, I guess, players and, and decisions do you find maybe the most interesting and intriguing what's going to happen? Ooh, man, that's a good question. They're all fascinating in their own regard because I think in the case of two of them, there isn't a really obvious path to the NBA in terms of you know being a 82 game a season type guy. I think honestly, you know Jalen, as you said, needs to improve a lot with his consistency on his jump shot. He's not a guy that plays above the rim a ton. He's obviously a tremendous downhill dribble penetrator, slasher, driver guy. But those types of finishes are a lot tougher to come by against grown men and, and you know world class athletes in the NBA. And so he does need to prove that he can hit can more consistently in the mid range and outside jumpers. And with David, you know, I think we always felt like this was going to be the end of the road for him. And if he decided to exercise that final year of, of collegiate eligibility, you know, would it be at Kansas or would it be elsewhere? Because he, after all, went through his senior day speech and said his farewells. But the perspe- perception of him and the narrative of his career changes dramatically with the postseason run that he had. It started really with the last day of the regular season when he went for 22-11 and 11 on senior day versus Texas. And so, so pleased for David that he'll be remembered in a completely different light. But it really is a game changer now on, you know, does Kansas want to have him back? Because you look at our projected roster for next season and there isn't a true five that you can really trust heading into the year. You got some stretch fours and, and some raw guys at big man spots, but nothing like what you'd have with David McCormick. And I don't think there's anything out there on the transfer portal wire that would be close to what you'd have with David McCormick. 
And I think it was interesting last night at the banquet when Bill Self said in talks with Bill Calgill, who they call Cheddar, he's a team trainer and, and you know one of the guys that, that works on these guys on a daily basis and wrapping ankles and, and, and helping them you know, get ready to play. He said, on average, how much work a day does David McCormick put in on his foot, the foot that he had surgery on last offseason, just to be able to go every day? And the answer was three hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And if that doesn't make you respect the hell out of that kid for being out there as much as he was and, and understanding the full depth and breadth of everything he went through, you know, just to be back this season. And, and those were three months where he was wheeling around on a cart after surgery where everybody else was, was working out, getting better, all that. He missed out on that time. So we should have expected a little bit of a lag given everything he went through in the offseason. But the fact that that continued throughout the year on a daily basis makes me have so much admiration and respect for him. But it also kind of tempers the professional draft stock, right? I mean, that's that's a, a significant injury that he's going to continue to deal with for a while, it sounds like. And so while certainly he has pro prospects, they aren't clear-cut pro prospects as we sit today as a guy that's you know projected in the top 45 picks or something like that. And you make a very astute observation on the – the Windies, and, and I guess I'm not really supposed to talk about certain NIL deals. It's kind of part of the rules, but uh, he's definitely one of the more marketable guys, and as is Jalen Wilson. And now that you have that factor, if you ask a guy like David McCormick or Jalen Wilson, would you rather be on the cover of the magazines, getting all the ink, all the hype, all the playing time, and then X amount of dollars in NIL, and, and X... <laughs> It could be six figures in some cases if they market it right. Or you want to toil around in the G League, driving around on buses everywhere. Nobody knows who you are. They aren't paying attention to you. You're not on Big Monday. Games aren't televised nationally. That kind of thing. To me, I mean, I already always thought the college lifestyle, coming back one more year, being the guy, showcased on television and magazines and, and social media and all that, I was always a fan of coming back and, and, and remembering that so many of these guys tell you year in and year out, the best four years of my life were those years at Kansas. And, and as soon as they go out to the NBA or the G League or Euro ball and they're lost in obscurity and anonymity of professional ball and they're forgotten about, they wish they had it back. Well, I've always felt that way. Now that you have NIL and you can make a tremendous amount of money on top of staying in the spotlight and feeling the adoration of the Kansas fans and getting valuable playing time that you might not have sitting on the end of a professional bench. To me, that decision to come back makes a lot more sense. And yet some of these guys, unfortunately, you know, they've been chasing that carrot of NBA stardom and NBA lifestyle their whole lives, and they get this close to it. And some of them have, have good advice in their circle of trust, and they've got advisors that are telling the right things. Others have, you know, the, the influence to push them out the door, and all of them have that competitive fire within them that says, well, I can do it. I'm going to bet on myself. The question is, how many of them are sensible enough to realize that only 60 guys get drafted, and, and you know, a good amount of those second-rounders spend a lot of their time in the G League. Is that the lifestyle for you, or would one more year benefit you to putting yourself on a completely different 
pay structure, completely different uh, NBA responsibility and role as a first-round draft pick like Ochai's going to be now. Uh, you know, how much of a life-changing factor does coming back, betting on yourself for one more collegiate year while making money doing it, how much better off does that leave you one year from now? And as we've said on previous shows, you know, the Ochai Abaji case will be the example we point to for all of time now. And he's the optimal best-case scenario when you come back and become a first-team All-American, a national player of the year candidate who's the MOP of the Final Four and wins it all. Not everybody's going to even come close to that. But he is the, the optimal example of a guy that was a fringe you know, late second-round pick to now many project in the lottery or certainly the mid to upper teams of the first round. And so kudos to him. I think Christian Brown, who definitely has the most, you know, draft interest of the three you mentioned, could strongly consider what Ochai did and and come back. But he also has the self confidence inside of him to say that, you know, maybe I am good enough now and, and I'm gonna bet on me to go prove that I am. I could also see him being the most sensible of the three and understanding all that could be gained by coming back and having that year of being the alpha and the top dog. But those other two that we led with, Jalen and David, are really interesting cases because I do think, as we laid it out, there are so many much more attractive options now that you have NIL to staying in school versus the lifestyle of a, of a two-way, back-and-forth G-leaguer. I mean, ask Devon Dotson. I hung out with him in Chicago, and it's been frustrating for him. I think he got 11 or 12 games at the NBA level, and, and he misses the limelight, misses that lifestyle. And had he had a chance to make some of the money these guys are making nowadays, he might have stayed for another year. So it's pretty interesting when you look at it at, with the game-changer now that the name, image, and likeness stuff has become. Yep, um, I think a lot of those guys will make a lot more money out of NIL than they would playing on a, a G League contract, or maybe even in some guys' cases, even a two-way contract. And just to ask you, Derek, you know, to, to get your take on this, I mean, as somebody that's run the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic for 14 years now, I hear from these former players who come back and say, it's just good to, to be interviewed again or sign an autograph again. Like, they miss being the superstar that Kansas basketball allows you to be for those three or four years that the big-time guys are here. When you think about the lifestyle of a Malik Newman that could have been the man had he come back in 2019, instead you know, goes off to the G League, and, and he's had a couple cups of coffee at the NBA level. But these guys, I know they miss it. And when I talk to the 35, 40, and 45-year-olds that aren't playing anymore at all and aren't really the, the pertinent, newsworthy sports figureheads that they once were, when they come back every summer for round ball, they're like, man, I've missed this spotlight. And and they don't mean that selfishly. It's just human nature. And so when I think about, you know, the way these guys are treated, they're treated like kings. uh, And now they're getting paid on top of that versus, I mean, I don't know how much G League box scores you're checking on a daily basis, but it is a life largely of anonymity there compared to the superstar status you get at Kansas. So you tell me, man, what, what's your take on that when you're considering guys that, that probably would not make an NBA roster for a while and would have to toil through what has now become the basketball equivalent of like double A minor league baseball, which is not the greatest lifestyle when you compare it to what NIL and Kansas basketball could offer. 
No, I, I always was was kind of a proponent, especially as the years went on. We saw more and more second round picks and undrafted guys start to stick in the NBA. That you go, but I if you're at the height of you know whatever. Um, but now that NIL has passed, it's it's hard for me to to think like that. And it's just like I said, you, I, I think you make a G League salary. I think on average is around forty thousand dollars a year. Um, I think uh, a two-way contract, you're making about $75,000 in the G League and then uh, whatever extra money for your games that you're in the NBA. Again, like in a lot of these cases in the NIL, if if you're in a big school, which you are at Kansas, to where it's not just you're doing local stuff, like you can get national stuff, um, I, I think it just makes too much sense. And to your point, like if David McCormick comes back, because right now it's a big debate. Will he have his jersey retired? Will he not? If David McCormick comes back, he is the preseason Big 12 player of the year. There's a good chance that by the end of, of next season, it's not even a discussion anymore of is he going to get his jersey retired? Like it's just a done deal. And that on its own has more inherent value as well with, you know, merchandise sales or, or to your point, coming back and, and having basketball camps and all these things that I, I think it just uh, I think it makes too much sense. Uh, we're talking with the uh, the Jayhawks, Brian Haney here on on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I did want to get to some other stuff. Um, we don't have a ton of time here, but uh, let me ask you what's what's been more exciting for you over these last uh, whatever week, couple weeks to uh, broadcast Maui Ahuna just hitting everything in front of him, or uh, Chris <laughs> Tehan throwing a long ball in the spring preview. Man, that's a great question. I, I knew you weren't going to compare it to anything basketball related because that would <laughs> trump everything when you cut down nets. But yes, the T hand sixty five yarder, which was right on the money. And then my my partner, uh, who is one of my best friends in the world, David Lawrence, is like, "Oh, but that was staged." And I'm like, "David, don't say that." <laughs> sure, it was staged. We all know it was staged. The DB gave up on the play, but dang it, he just threw it fifty yards in the air. And Lawrence Arnold made a hell of a catch, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it was staged or not, that was that was a fun moment. And I was there in twenty ten when Connor Tehan uh came out for spring football and, and was actually going through some practices in addition to just throwing one pass. And so see Chris do it twelve years later was pretty neat. But uh, Maui is a special, special story and you know, we're talking about a guy hitting four fifty, thirty games into the season. The KU box scores don't go back past 20 years to where they can chart it on a game-by-game basis. So he, he is off to the best start in the last 20 years uh, in terms of 30 games into a season. But realistically, you know, if you had the, the data to go further back, who knows? It might be the best start ever, um, you know, just to see what he's done with this large of a sample size, now more than half of the season complete. So he's a phenomenal story of a guy that just had a superstar rise from a really good freshman year in which we saw raw talent, both with the glove and the bat, that made you think he had a chance to be special, to now being the number two hitter in college baseball. And, uh, I mean, this is a guy that, that it looks like a first-round draft pick. And while Rich Price has had some high draft picks you know, that had been more from the pitching side of things uh, when it comes to guys, you know, sandwich picks and, and second round, fourth round, sixth round type guys. To have a positional player be talked about as a potential first round pick, and he's still a year away from being draft eligible, by the way. Let's be clear about that. He won't come out this year. But we're talking about arguably the best talent 
Rich Price has ever produced if he keeps this coming, and that's in a 20-year sample size. So hopefully this is just scratching the surface of his potential, but Kansas fans really need to get out and check him out. Next week they have the Buck O'Neill Classic, which is a really cool uh, initiative that they're partnering with uh, the Monarchs on in Kansas City to host those two games in KC with Texas Southern. Really excited about that. And then uh, to follow that up, you know, they're back home next weekend with a homestand with Oklahoma. So get out and check out Maui Wowie if you haven't yet. He is truly something special. That may be the last chance we ever see to have Chris Tehans on a touchdown, but you can watch Maui Ahuna for probably 15 more home games this year. So make sure you take advantage of it. He is Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. Brian, I appreciate you coming on today, as always, man. And a quick word from Nate Miller. That's right. Check out my man, Nate Miller. Just as the Jayhawks had the perfect game plan versus North Carolina, he'll help execute the right game plan and fit for your financial future. Building a portfolio that maximizes you know, your financial security long-term. So check him out today at MillerRetirementGroup.com. That's MillerRetirementGroup.com. In addition to being really savvy with budgeting and the finances and all that, he's just an all-around awesome guy. So you'll really enjoy getting to know him and his staff at the Miller Retirement Group. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate you, brother. All right, that was Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. Cue the disclaimer. Brian is a paid spokesperson, not a client. Brian does not endorse, and all individuals should make their own evaluation of the firm's investment advisory and insurance services. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. Hi, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Rivetta. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, two to go. RCST Trivia, next. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. All right, welcome in to another edition of RCST Trivia here. We're brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Geyser State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, CBD of Lawrence, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros. Our first round continues today. We have four matchups, and everyone who wins today is getting a $25 gift card from 23rd Street Brewery, which every round you advance, you get another $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery from the Bill Self Mac and Cheese to Crimson Fall or wave the wheat to wash it down and an rcst trivia t-shirt the past two years they've been rcst shirts just rcst logo and stuff but this year it's rcst trivia specific on the t-shirt with bracket it's a cool little design so uh those would be for our winners and of course our title sponsor 23rd street brewery from the dine-in carry out and catering all available the outdoor patio open for the weather that is slowly warming up. You can try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese, the Haney Turkey Stack, or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Beer, which you can get to go with their Crowlers. So our first matchup is another one seed. And uh, so far, both the previous one seeds advanced, Eric Hansey, Isaac Henderson, but both of them were pushed to the limit. I mean, I think both of them got taken into the really hard round by their 16th seed. Our uh, one seed today, Andrew Wymore. Something tells me he's going to have an easier time. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those 100 to 50 blowouts. Uh, taking on Joe Wilson, and, you know, we've been waiting a while here. Joe has uh, just gone MIA on us. So, congratulations, Andrew. You are one correct answer away from moving on to the second round, regardless of what happens, because you don't have an opponent here. Um, so, I, I guess... Uh, before we get into the actual question that we'll be asking here, um, thoughts on your third edition of RCST Trivia coming off a uh, phenomenal four appearance a year ago? 
Yeah, Derek, uh, great to be back. Um, uh, want to make sure I thank the committee. Uh, I think did a terrific job uh, putting the bracket together again this year. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we do think we've uh, gotten better over the offseason. Um, so we're just uh, going to try to put ourselves in the best position to succeed. Um, game by game, round by round, match by match. Well, one thing that's interesting, I was looking at at your record today as I was, you know, getting ready for all the matchups, and I was looking. You're four and three, which I was like, wait, how is he close to five hundred? And I was looking at the questions. You are twenty nine and three in trivia questions, which is a remarkable record. So that means all three of the questions you have missed have cost you losses. That that's an unfortunate schedule. You're kind of getting the uh, I don't know. Maybe like the bracket is due to break up open uh, for you one year. Maybe this is the year. Well, you know, sometimes that happens, and uh, uh, I think we all saw that uh, this last month um, in in the uh, the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, yeah, you so could be Kansas. Sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. We we will see, Derek. <laughs> well, Andrew, um, all right, we just got one question for you here. If you get it right, you move on. If you get it wrong, you get another one. And the good news for you, we're starting in the really easy category. Name a color in KU's, I don't know, school colors or jerseys. Yeah, color scheme. However you want to term it. Let's go with crimson. Crimson is a correct one. Don't need the official Pantone. That would be a, a little too intense there. Andrew, congratulations. You're moving on to the second round of RCST Trivia. Um, is is this the toughest matchup that you've ever had to win? Uh, that's not exactly how I would describe <laughs> it, Derek. But, you know, every one of these is just survive in advance. So however it comes, we'll take it. Well, there's a lot less surviving, but a lot of advancing in this one for you, Andrew. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. And, and we look forward to, you know, hearing you maybe get a little more challenged in a couple weeks for our uh, second round. But congrats. You're in a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery and an RCST Trivia t-shirt. Um, appreciate it. And uh, certainly we'll see if the one seed gets tested in a couple weeks. Thanks, fellas. All right. So how about that fun one? That was... Uh... Yeah, that was kind of your classic uh, one versus sixteen, where it's <laughs> it was you know Kansas what forty nine seventeen at halftime. Yeah, over Texas Southern. It was one. I was of never in doubt. Never in doubt. Um, I I I would like to deliver this message now, and I don't mean to pick on Joe because well, I don't know something might have come, come up. up yeah, right? you, you don't know. But please, if you plan on joining this trivia event, please write this down on your schedule. And yeah. again. I, I don't know. Something yeah, might have come it's up, very, so I, I don't and, want to be too And hard, I'll but. say this. We hope everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I will say if, if you know, it, it, but, yeah, it, you know, we, we kind of give you the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes things happen, but um, just make sure, you know, we, we don't want this to be the case, but if if you do miss, we we rather it... Well, just tell us, right? Yeah, yeah. Reach out, tell us. We'll, uh, you know, if you give us an advance, if we you, can get a, another, we opponent. can get you uh, another opponent. We can get you uh, for you, or if you give us enough advance, we can reschedule with your opponent and, and find a different time that that's going to work for both of you guys. You just got to let us know. 
That's all that it takes. Um, but again, I, I don't know because I haven't heard anything from Joe. So I, I just I genuinely do hope that he's okay and that, that nothing happened there. But congratulations to Andrew moving on. Like I said, that's that's tough, man. You go twenty nine and three I in know. trivia questions, and all three of your losses that's, have been losses. That's, like yeah. that's very unlucky. There, that's double maybe open. this was the the start of like I said, the bracket breaking, breaking open. Right? Yeah, that's something. Um, that's a uh, double over. You know, double overtime, multiple or mm-hmm. you know, multiple PK type losses in the World Cup kind of thing. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um. So I don't know. Maybe that that starts to turn. Andrew certainly, the the best thing that I've noticed with Andrew, we didn't get to see it today, but um, he goes to like all these these KU NCAA tournament games and stuff. Him and his brother Scott, who's uh, funny enough the ten seed in the West region. So maybe we could get a little, uh, uh, I guess Philadelphia style brotherly love matchup in the grade eight. But um, I, I remember he was so rock solid at those last year. You could ask, you know what whatever 16 seed did Kansas play in the 2007 NCAA tournament knew it just like that Niagara. so yeah uh and and by the way that's probably a good a good point like we've talked a lot about the jersey numbers yeah um as being something maybe you should go back and study obviously you have a media guide stats career stat leaders stuff like that um the other thing that I would recommend NCAA tournament runs yeah who did Kansas beat who did Kansas lose to in different NCAA tournament runs uh go click the box scores of some of those games who led Kansas in in points or rebounds in some of these specific games who had breakout performances stuff like that yeah and it's not um I can't remember the name of it it's not basketball reference because that's mainly pro but it's it's um if you just google like 2008 KU basketball reference It'll take you to take you to. I think a, it's just sportsreference.com. It's sports reference. Um, anyway, that, college basketball. That's a yeah. That's CBB. a great. Um, a lot. They'll have a lot of regular season box scores, not necessarily for the whole regular season, but what they they'll have a, the occasional regular season box score. But what they will almost promise you have, at least in in any even semi modern NCAA tournament, is they'll have box scores um, from NCAA tournament games. Well, our uh, upcoming matchups, three more today. Kyle Coffey, four seed. Ben Wilson, 13 seed. Both these guys experience in trivia, so I'm really excited for, to uh, see how that one goes. I think Ben maybe a little bit underseeded as a 13 seed, and uh, Kyle is, has shown his wits in, in previous trivia appearances. And then Ben's wife, Leslie Wilson, got a four seed in the South, is going to go off to that against 13 seed Dalton Jasper, who lost on his second question last year of his first matchup. So he'll be looking for a little bit of redemption this year. And then we've got a 5-12 matchup, Aaron Meyer against Travis Ariano. And I think Travis could be the sleeper 12 seed in this tournament. I really do. Really? Yes. I have some inside knowledge as to why. Well, I, was, I don't want to share I, I, that until we get to the interview. I'm looking at his stats, and it doesn't look like he hasn't he's appeared. participated. No, he has so, not. Yeah. He has not. I just think he could. But Aaron is is going to be a tough opponent for him to beat in the first round. So some exciting uh, first-round matchups today. The first round will continue through next week, and then we'll get to the second round after that. This is RCST Trivia. We are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kurt Geezer, State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, CBD of Lawrence, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros. Thank you to all our great sponsors for helping us put on this wonderful event each and every year. All right, with Adam Dravet, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, the KLWN app. More RCST trivia coming up next. All right, welcome into our second RCST trivia matchup of the day. 
Both contestants are here this time, so we do actually have a matchup as opposed to a forfeit. So exciting stuff. Four thirteen matchup. Kyle Coffey, who's gone three and two in his previous trivia appearances and thirteen and eight on questions. Ben Wilson one and two, nine and three on questions out of the Midwest region. You uh, won your first round game last year, Ben, and then fell in a tough second round matchup a season ago. How did that prepare you for uh, this year's edition? And and what do you how how you feeling this year compared to the first two years? I don't know why, but I always feel shame anytime I lose, even though, you know, everyone in here is a great competitor. It's just uh, one of those things. Uh, the competitor in me likes to win. Uh, this year, I didn't know if I was going to do it, just uh, really busy, but then I'm glad uh, you guys are doing it again. With the national championship, I didn't know if you guys would even do it again, but happy to be here. Yeah, and that gives us a lot more questions with uh, KU winning the national championship this year. So, Kyle, you are the four seed. This is also your third appearance in RCST Trivia. What have you taken from the past events that, you know, you, you grow each and every year into this one that uh, you feel like you're a little more prepared this time around? Yeah, you know, I uh, the previous two times, I think I've lost to either the uh, champion or runner-up, something like that, where they've moved along far, so... You know, but in those cases, I didn't lose. I just ran out of time. So, you know, it's just one of those things where we're uh, we're hoping to keep the time going today and uh, pull out a win. So, but, you know, having a, having an experienced competitor with Ben uh, here as well is going to make it tough. So, looking forward to it, though. What, tell, what I'm looking at with, with uh, Kyle's record, he's 3-2, and two, but on questions, he's 13-8, and eight, which tells me that his two losses have kind of been defensive battles with people missing some questions. Yeah, I'm you... a big time defense stopper. That's my goal. <laughs> okay, it's just, right. just defense. You know, I'm the uh, Tony Bennett. I'm the, over uh, here. Though, the Big Ten basketball, ugly it up a little bit, and then uh, we figure it out from there. Well, that's what happens. You get to some of those hard and really hard rounds, and then people just start missing questions. Um, but yeah, hey, they say defense wins championships. So uh, let's find out right here. Let's go ahead and cue the music and get our trivia matchup started here. Real quick, the rules as we go over five tiers of questions. Really easy, easy, medium, hard, really hard. You guys both get it right. We're moving up around. You both get it wrong. We'll stay in the same round or maybe drop down around. One of you gets it right. One of you gets it wrong. It's over. 30 seconds to answer the questions. When you have five seconds remaining, we will play this timer for you with Eric Collins, the buzzer at the end. And when there's about 10 seconds, me or Adam will let you know that there's about 10 seconds just to try to help you out a little bit more. Um, in the cases of player names, uh, the last name works, full name works, first name does not work. Um, if you need me to specify something on a question, just ask. I might be able to tell you. I might not. Depends on the question. But I can repeat the question. It doesn't reset your timer, but I can repeat the question if you need me to. Either of you guys have any questions, um, this go around. Ready to rock. All right, so Ben, you are the lower seed. Would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, Ben is going to go first. Kyle is going to go second. Ben, really easy question. What jersey number did Ochag Baji wear this past season? 30. There you go. We've had some people trip up on the uh, jersey number questions, so can't, uh, can't take them too lightly. Okay, this one for you, Kyle. The big man, Yudoka Azabuki, was an All-American. He also had one digit in common with Ojag Baji. What jersey number did he wear? 35. That's right. All right. We got the jersey ones. I always feel bad when people miss those because it makes me wonder if maybe we shouldn't be asking them. But you got them right, so I feel good. 
Onto the easy round for you, Ben. In 2008-2009, this card led Kansas with nearly 19 points per game. Sharon Collins. There you go, Sharon, the answer. What a season that was, All-American season for Sharon. For you, Kyle, second on that 2008-2009 team with nearly 15 points and over 11 rebounds per game was this center. Cole Aldridge. There you go. Sharon and Cole. That's a duo as strong as peanut butter and jelly, man. Okay, on to the medium round. This for you, Ben. What KU player holds the record for most total points as a sophomore? So most points in a sophomore season. You would think it would either be Danny or Wilt, because Wilt's first season was he was a sophomore. But the question is, would they have played enough games in the 50s? I'm going to hedge my bet and say no, so I'll go with Danny Manning. Mm. No. <laughs> it was still Wilt Chamberlain because that's how freaking amazing he was. Yeah. Wilt scored 800 points in his sophomore season. I maintain in general that there needs to be a, uh, a category of Wilt records and non-Wilt records because it's just unfair to compare anybody else to Wilt. All right, here's your chance, Kyle, to get a uh, third question victory and move on to the second round and avoid that 413 upset. Kyle, who is the only KU coach to have a losing record at Kansas for his career? Stick Harper, Ted Owens. Ten seconds. Ted Owens. Dick Harp made the championship game. Ted Owens. The correct answer is James Naismith. The inventor of the game had a losing record. How about that? I think Ben knew the answer to that one because I heard a little sigh like, uh uh-oh. All right, (sighs) Ben, you're You're still alive. You're lucky to be alive. All right, well, you got another question here, Ben. Prior to this season... There were only five players in KU history to play 40 games in one season, all of which, again, prior to this year, came in 2008. Name one. Russell Robinson. There you go. Russ Robb. He started 40 games. He played in 40 games. The other answers that would have worked, Darnell Jackson, Darrell Arthur, Sasha Khan, and Cole Aldridge. Um, Brandon Rush missed a couple games. The ACL. I don't know why Chalmers missed any games but nonetheless okay this one on for you kyle stay alive prior to this year the previous record for ncaa tournament games played at kansas was 16 again mitch broke it was 17 but prior to this year it was 16 name one of the eight players on that list who tied for the kansas record for most ncaa tournament games at 16 again prior to this season um Tyshawn Taylor. As incorrect, the list included Keith Langford, Aaron Miles, Nick Collison, Kirk Heinrich, um, I think Richard Scott. I just wrote Scott on there. I don't know. Uh, Steve Woodbury, Danny Manning, and Chris Piper. Danny Manning was the big one there, but 16. 
And that does it in for you, Kyle. Uh, you had been on the ropes there with the coach one and then the opportunity there. What would you feel like uh, went into the, the process falling a little bit short this year? You know, uh, the uh, coach question tripped me up because um, I think the coach that I said was the only one to be fired, I think, from KU. So I think that's what got me tripped up there um, for sure. But uh, Ben is a willing uh, or a very good competitor. He's had experience. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, uh, didn't lose, just ran out of time. But honestly, uh, it's it's uh, it's a blast that we did this. Um, you know, I joined when we first when it was first done in 2020 in quarantine when you guys were just doing it. And it's, it's great that you guys can continue to do it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to, I know there was talk of a football one, so I'm looking forward to maybe a football one here, maybe this summer, but it would be a lot of fun, but uh, appreciate it. I'll, I'll keep following along and uh, um, I can't wait to see Nick Schwert lose next round. So he doesn't <laughs> have to face uh, Isaac and we'll, and we'll call it good. I love it, Kyle. I appreciate it. And uh, you're an RCST trivia lifer. We hope you get you back next year. And yeah, the, the thing you teased on, KU football trivia, it is coming. I will promise you that. It's either going to be this summer, next summer. It is coming. I just don't know for sure if it, like I said, this summer or next summer. Every answer is going to be a tie. Every yeah. round's going to be Todd a Reeson. tie. Todd because it's going to be Todd Reesing, sure. Todd Reesing. <laughs> Orange Bowl, Virginia Orange Bowl. Tech, Orange <laughs> right. Bowl, Todd Reesing is going to be the answer to every question. Yeah. Well, uh, Ben, you're moving on. You got the 13-4 upset. Your wife is playing next. Is, is it a friendly competition to see who goes further? Do you have any, like, you know, whoever goes further gets to do less chores around the house, anything like that? Well, we've been on the same side of the bracket a lot of years. So just the fact that we're on opposite sides this year, I like. And to Kyle's point, uh, if she wins, she'll be Nick's uh, competitor. So I, I would love to see my wife crush crush Nick now that he's uh, not part of the show anymore. So uh, let's go, Leslie, and uh, beat Nick next. Well, Ben, congrats on moving on. Kyle, thank you for joining as always, man. And uh, we appreciate both of you guys being a part of this. Thanks, fellas. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Rock chalk. All right, that was a fun one. Uh, both those guys are, are awesome to talk to. That's what this is all about. Yeah, like, see, I, I enjoy the, yeah, having fun with it. Yeah, exactly. That's what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun for the listeners. It's supposed to be fun for us. It's supposed to be fun for the people participating in it. And, yeah, we, we hope you get prizes and win stuff along the way. Like, that's obviously yeah, that's part competition's of it. part of it. But that that's what it's all about. Like, both these guys love this event. And, and yeah, we, we do want to get to a football one because we have so much fun doing this. And, you know, it's one of those things where you could read, like, 100 comments and, and 99 of them say, like, good job. And the other one says, you suck. Yeah, I hate that's you. the one that's going to You're going to focus out. on that one. So yeah. it's like when somebody complains about a question and the other, you know, 63 people don't, we're going to focus on the ones, on, yeah, you know, on that's the- just the goons unfortunately how the human brain works but uh, that's always a good reminder of, of how much fun this uh thing can be and that was a, a fun little matchup and nice to have a matchup after I, we didn't get one in the first yeah i was so quick to hit the i mean i, I was like i don't know i, I and it's a good thing because my face probably would have given it away for those who you know don't know our setup i am not on camera derek took a had a great poker face there but when <laughs> i heard him say either ted yeah. owens or dick harp i thought oh boy we're going to another question it was funny because I was watching Ben, and Ben, like I thought, uh, I, I thought I heard him sigh and, and kind of like tilt his head After, down. Oh, like, no, oh, as, no, as soon as you finished asking that question, Ben thought he was done. But yeah, and, and Ben knew that next question, so he thought I think that he was like, "Oh no, I'm screwed." And then when when he he said those two names, I saw just a moment of like life pop into Ben of like, yeah, I, I, his hands were like in front of his face, and it fun time, fun time, man. So uh, hopefully our next matchup. Just as good as as that one there. 
Our uh, next one, is, as Ben said, his his wife, Leslie, who's a four seed out of the South region, is going to be playing the 13 seed in Dalton Jasper. And yeah, the winner of that plays Nick, who has become the quick tournament enemy, the tournament villain. The heel. It's like, I, I don't know what we want, right? Because um, Coach K, as, as dislikable as he was and as, as frustrating as it was to see him win certain games and even make the, the Final Four in the NCAA tournament, there is a part of sports where, like, uh, to your point, of what the heel is. Yeah, I, I would. Where that does make sports like more interesting. So yeah. I, I don't know what to do. I would almost consider it's kind of weird. I would almost make a bigger comparison, less to Coach K and more to Calipari, because he almost Calipari kind of embraces the role. Like I think he's a good guy, but that's but what he, makes he him kinda, not a villain to me because no, he's that, like but, very just honest and saying, genuine, but, but, and Coach K is like Nick, not. But Nick is embracing the role. Yeah, is my that's point. true. So it makes him a more likable villain, right? Yeah, exactly. But everybody's rooting against him anyway, which I don't blame you because I think I kind of am. You too. know what it feels like, even though I shouldn't pick favorites. It feels like but, since he used to host this thing, it feels like Mark Emmert participating in the NCAA, like coaching a team. Yeah, yeah. If but, Mark Emmert coached a team in the NCAA tournament, <laughs> yeah, he'd coach a team of all like, oh, you have to have a four point Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, cannot do any NIL deals. You have to stay all four years. You can't transfer out of the program, or I will try to blackball you and threaten you. You know, that type of thing. But we care about you as student-athletes. Yeah, at least he says he does. We're doing what's best for you. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll have that next matchup of RCST Trivia. With Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Shark Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Shark Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Our third round of RCST trivia today in the first round, another 413 matchup between Leslie Wilson, who is two and two in trivia previous appearances, seven and two on trivia questions, taking on the 13 seed, Dalton Jasper, who uh, is 0-1 in his trivia appearance, went 1-1 in trivia questions. We'll start with you, Dalton, the 13 seed. What went wrong for you in your first trivia appearance, and, and are you are you feeling better about this go-around? I'm feeling better. Just the first time I jumped again, as soon as I said the wrong answer, I knew exactly who I messed it up on. It had to do with the question about the 2003 team and – I just jumped the gun and said Russell Robinson instead of Kirk Heinrich. I knew as soon as I said it, Russell Robinson, I knew I was wrong. Just jumped the gun, just jumped the gun too quickly, and I just need to relax and just think about it before I blurted it out too fast. Okay, well, uh, Leslie, your husband, Ben, has already advanced. Now, he mentioned that you know most years you guys have been kind of on the same side of the bracket, and that's been a storyline. But this year... You guys are on, uh, I think, opposite ends of the bracket. You would have to meet in the championship game. Um, but, you know, uh, what are you expecting from this edition of RCST Trivia, and uh, what are you looking forward to? Oh, well, I'm looking forward to just getting going today. Um, facing Dalton, um, always exciting just to kind of get those first-round jitters out of the way and get the questions going. Who knows? I mean, could we make history and meet each other in the championship game? Maybe, but you know what? Lots of rounds to go, so let's just start with round one, um, and we'll we'll see how it goes. I think you've won your first-round matchup each of the first two years, so uh, we'll see if that trend continues 
or if Dalton can uh, get on the board here. We're going to go ahead and roll the music here as we get ready for our first question. Um, Dalton, you are the lower seed as the 13. Would you rather go first or go second? I'll go second. Okay, Dalton is going to go second. That means, Leslie, you're up first. First up in our really easy category. What seed did Kansas earn in the NCAA tournament this past season? Number one seed. Correct. They were the third overall number one seed, ironically enough. Had a higher one seed than the 2018. Okay, this one for you, Dalton, in the really easy category. What team won the Midwest region out of Chicago in this past season's NCAA tournament to make the Final Four? The University of Kansas. That's right. Bonus points for giving the full name of the college. Uh, that was the really easy stuff. Now let's get on to the easy category. For you, Leslie, what coach followed Roy Williams at Kansas? Bill Self. Correct again. Bill Self has now become the best coach in Kansas basketball history. Okay, this one for you, Dalton. What Big 12 opponent is Bill Self's alma mater? Uh, Oklahoma State. That's right. He uh, played for the Cowboys. And uh, certainly Oklahoma State has given KU some fits over the years, but Kansas still had uh, the last laugh, I think, overall. Okay, on to the medium round of questioning. Leslie, what KU player holds the record for most points in a neutral site game by scoring 45 of them. Ooh, um, I'll just guess. I really have no idea. I'll just guess Danny Manning. You're not far <laughs> off with uh, the ideas there, but the correct guess would have been Wilt Chamberlain. He had 45 oh. points. <laughs> <laughs> on December 29th of 1956 in a neutral site game against Colorado. All right, here's your chance, Dalton, to move on. What KU player owns the career record for most starts with 146 of them? Devontae Graham. The correct answer was Leslie's guess. Danny Manning owns the career record. For most starts with 146 of them. Okay, back to you, Leslie. You stay alive. The record for games started by a freshman at KU was 37. It was set by what Bill Self wing in the 2012-2013 season? I have a player in mind, but I'm like blanking on... The era, but I'll go with um, Ben McLemore. That's correct. Ben McLemore started 37 games as a redshirt freshman in the 2012-2013 season. All right, for you, Dalton, to stay alive. What KU guard holds the school record for most points in a single overtime with 13 of them doing so against Duke in 2018? That would have been Malik Newman. That's right. Malik Newman was nails in the postseason for KU. All right, we're going to crank it up even more. We're going to get to the hard round of things on our uh, questioning here as we continue on with RCST Trivia, our 413 matchup between Leslie and Dalton. This one for you, Leslie, in the hard round. Prior to falling to Arizona in the 1997 Sweet 16, 
1996 to 1997 Kansas team had just one loss that came in double overtime. Who did that come against? Um, okay, let's see here. Hmm. <laughs> um, I'm just, I have no idea. Again, I'll just take a guess. Um, Missouri. That is correct. Oh. And when in doubt, <laughs> when in doubt, sometimes guess Missouri, you never know. That Kansas team lost one time in the regular season. It was to Missouri in double overtime on the road. Outside of that, no losses till Arizona in the Sweet 16. That's why the team was so incredible and, and so widely renowned. Okay, this one for you, Dalton. In 1989, Kansas gave up 123 points in a loss. That's the most they've allowed in any game in school history. What Big 8 opponent was that against? I'm going to go with... uh... 10 seconds. I'm going to say Kansas State. Not a bad guess. That was a Big 8 team. The correct answer was Oklahoma. Oklahoma got some vengeance on KU for the 88 title game. 123 points for the Sooners. Most the KU has ever given up. So a tough end for you there, uh, Dalton. And, you know, I I can't imagine that that makes you feel uh better knowing that Leslie hit that Missouri one on, on a guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a good guess. I actually think I knew that one because um, I, I remember like going through like all their old tournament games and seeing like what their losses were in the tournament. So I had Missouri in mind on that one. But it's a good guess, and she nailed it. Yeah, uh, Leslie, would you have known the answer to Dalton's question? I would not have. I would have just gone through the Elite Eight teams, or not Elite Eight, sorry, um, the Big, big eight. eight teams and guests. So, <laughs> well, it was, um, a, it was a fun matchup between you guys. And uh, Dalton, we hope you come back for trivia next year. Leslie, you're, you're moving on. You're going to take on a uh, former co host of RCST, the villain of this tournament. He's been talking <laughs> a lot of trash in Nick Ooh. Schwert. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you have a message that you would like to send to Nick? Um, oh gosh, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to get cocky. Like I didn't want to prepare anything. I knew that was a potential matchup. Um, but I would say just, you know, um, I got lucky with some guesses there. So, um, I will, uh, I guess I'll see you in the next round and, um, yeah, no pressure, no diamonds. (laughs) I have nothing else to say. Not a lot of trash talk there. Um, well, (laughs) Dalton, I'm sorry it came to an end here. It's like the NCAA tournament in that regard. Sometimes you can play a team and they're just hitting all their threes from the outside, right? But uh, thank you guys both for joining and uh, looking forward to hearing from you in a couple weeks, Leslie. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you. Good luck, Leslie. Bye. Thanks, Dalton. All right. That was was fun stuff. Um, Leslie's now won her first-round matchup three straight years. Now she has to get over the hump. Can she get to the sizzling 16 for the first time? That'll be the question, but uh, certainly the Wilson family has uh, made a good name for themselves 
mainstays in RCST trivia. And yeah, that, you know, I, I think the both the Ben McLemore one and the Missouri one she got right, I think she said she guessed on, which they're educated guesses, right? It's not, I don't think she was just like, let me just pull someone completely random. Like she, you know, had a process to get things narrowed down to a certain time. And if you don't know who Kansas might have lost to in a regular season game, it's probably better to guess a, I don't know, rival or a team that's in KU's conference because they're playing them more often and uh, worked out for her. That that makes it more heartbreaking, though, for Dalton. It just does. I mean, that's, a, you know, we've all we've all been with the friend who, um, you know, you play some, you play like pickleball or bowling or, I don't know, some sport that like you, you don't like normally play on an everyday basis and your friend's just killing you, right? You're like, do you do you do this a lot? They're like, no, this is my first time, and you're just like rolling your eyes, and you're, like, are you serious? And that that's I'm sure how Dalton feels. Not again, like Leslie knows her stuff, and those are educated guesses. But in the fact that she said those were guesses, um, I'm sure it does not make him feel much better because he's like, man, I could be moving on right now. But uh, congrats to Leslie, twenty five dollars to Twenty Third Street Brewery RCST trivia T-shirt, and she is moving on to take on the villain of the tournament in Nick Schwert. We're going to have one more RCST trivia matchup for you on today. It is going to be um, a matchup between the five-seed Aaron Meyer and the 12-seed Travis Ariano. I think could be a uh, dangerous underdog, but Aaron also a very dangerous five-seed in his own right. We'll have that for you coming up next. You're listening to RCST Trivia, brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Geyser State Farm, Hawaiian Bros, McDonald's of Lawrence, Jayhawk Trophy, CBD of Lawrence, Home Field Apparel, Pella Doors and Windows, and rockchalk.io here on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn.com, depend on it. Our fourth and final trivia matchup of the day features the always trendy upset pick, the 5-12 matchup, the five seed Aaron Meyer out of the West region, one and one in trivia last year, made it to the second round, seven and one on trivia questions though, which is a really good mark. And Travis Ariano, who's a first time, uh, appearance guy I, I don't know a purer I don't know if that's a word but nonetheless um first time in RCST trivia for Travis and uh I think both these people could be pretty dangerous Aaron is a dangerous five seed Travis is a very dangerous 12 seed we'll start with you Travis this is your first appearance in RCST trivia how would you categorize your fandom uh, of KU how far back do, does things go where you you bleed crimson and blue well it goes back way back to when I was in middle school, which is in the eighties. Um, yeah. My first game in Allen Fieldhouse was in 95. And I watched Greg Ostertag shut big country down to zero points. So got a lot of memorable games in the Fieldhouse. All right. I think that uh, Travis could be a, a worthy adversary here. Aaron, this is your second appearance in trivia. What went right for you last year? What went wrong? Is there anything different that you're doing this year? Nothing different. Last year, I just ran into Isaac, so I think I, I took him to the limit. So it was a good showing. Just you know, he was a machine last year. So just did a little extra studying, and I'm ready to go. Well, it earned you a higher seed this year, so uh, you wouldn't have to to wait for a one seed for for another round. So that's the positive. All right, we're gonna go ahead and uh, start rolling on the music here as we get ready for a fourth and final matchup of the day of trivia, starting in the really easy category. First things first, though, Travis, you are the lower seed, is the twelve. Would you rather go first or go second? I'm going to go second like most people have been doing. All right. Hey, that means he's been listening along, which I always say this. Do your homework. Listen along. It can only help you out. All right. So that means, Aaron, you are up first. Really easy category. Give me the last name of a Kansas player whose first name is Frank. Mason. 
Frank Mason the third. I would have given you bonus points if you said Mason the third, but that's all right. That'll do as well. Okay, uh, Travis, this one for you. Give me the last name of a Kansas player whose first name is Mario. Chalmers. Again, would have given you bonus points if you did Mario Little there, but uh, Mario Chalmers. Or Mario Kinsey, too. There you go. Yeah, I would have given you extra bonus points if uh, you would have done that (laughs) one. Is, I don't know, and Rio. Is that short for Mario for Rio Adams? I don't know. Either way. uh, Okay, this one for you, Aaron. On to the easy round. Name a team that Kansas beat in the Midwest region. So first round through Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament this past season. Creighton. That's right. That was, I don't know, maybe the closest of them. The Providence one was close as well, but uh, KU was nails at the free throw line that game. Okay, for you, Travis, name a team that Kansas beat in the Big 12 tournament this past season. Well, they beat Texas Tech for the title. I was there. That was a fun one. That was a lot of fun. That one and the, the West Virginia one in 2018. Uh, some of the the better Big 12 championship games featuring KU that I can remember. Okay, on to the medium round. Aaron, who owns the KU record for most career minutes played at Kansas? I'm going to go with Danny Manning. Yep, Danny Manning. Danny or Wilt, those are the... Uh, the sure guesses if, if you never know something, but seemed like you knew that one. Danny Manning, the answer there, most career minutes played. Travis, what KU player owns the career record for most 20-point games? He had 78 of them. 78. Wilt Chamberlain? Oh, no, he only played two years. That's going to be Drew Gooden. Their final answer? Yeah. The correct answer is Danny Manning. Oh, of course. Of course it's Danny. Right. Danny had 78 20-point games. He more than doubled second on the list. Rafe LaFrance was second with 38. That's how much Danny kind of dominated that list. So, Travis fell a little bit short on the uh, answer there. Uh, did you did you get psyched out at all by the previous answer being Danny Manning and and almost wondering yeah. if that wasn't it? Yeah, that 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 did me in. I and then I didn't think about it long enough. Yeah, the the thirty second, the first year we did this, I think we had like a ten second timer, and you know that would really uh, get the heart rate going. But the thirty seconds, they can be your best friend, they can be your worst enemy. Um, Aaron, you're moving on to the second round for the second straight year. Um, did you have any hesitation with any of the questions, or did you feel pretty good about that performance? I felt pretty good about it. I was a little nervous today because uh, I ran into Travis last night. <laughs> we were both studying in the Hall of Fame section before the banquet, so uh, <laughs> he brought he made me bring my A game today. I did a lot of studying this morning because he he knows the stuff. We were talking last night. Well, Travis, I, I hope certainly you plan on being a mainstay in RCST trivia and. We can get you back and, and get you your first dub next year. Aaron, congratulations on moving on. Thank you uh, to both of you guys for for hopping on for this edition. Yep. Good luck, Aaron. Yep. Thank you. All right. That medium round. Doing people in this uh, day of RCST trivia. We had four matchups, one forfeited, one lost in the hard round. The other two lose in the medium round. But overall on medium round questions today, the totality of contestants went just four and six. So, uh, maybe the medium round questions were a little bit harder today. Uh, the goal of this isn't necessarily like we, we do try to, you know, fit everything into their right category of really easy, easy, medium, hard, really hard. You might be saying some in the really easy 
should be easy or some in the medium should be hard or vice versa. The bigger point isn't necessarily for us to, you know, have everything be the same in the exact question. Again, we, we try to make it that way. The bigger deal, though, is just trying to make the pairs of questions equal. So, like, if if somebody gets a medium question that could be deemed as hard, but the, uh, the second one is a medium question that could be deemed as hard, then it works out, as long as those things are even. And it's never going to be 100% uniform. And also, like, if you know the answer to one question but don't the other, inherently the thing you know is easier than the thing you don't know, right? Um, so it, it's kind of a challenge doing that, and there is no perfect way to make this work. We have toiled with the idea of do you do a best of five series or do you do a best of seven series with the questions or um, do you do like everybody gets the same question and we're doing these on Zoom? Do we just have them write them down? But that doesn't really translate over to a radio medium very well, does it? And also it'd be easier to to cheat, right, if, if that was the case. I I don't know. I, I think that the way we do it right now is not a perfect way, but I don't think there is a perfect way. And I think that's kind of the point. And it's like the NCAA tournament. You know, in a lot of ways, the NCAA tournament is not always going to determine the best team overall of that season, but it's going to be the most exciting way to do it. And that's with this. Like, the people who are winning consistently are still, you know, some of the best, but it just takes one upset loss for you to fall out early. Like, we've had people lose in the first round this year in years past or in early rounds that, you know, they could be uh, people who are good enough to win this event. It's just... One thing didn't go your way, and that's that's kind of the point. It's like the NCAA tournament. You know, it's not a perfect way of determining this thing, but it also makes it more exciting, and it makes it like the biggest event that KU basketball, show that we're kind of built on, um, is involved with. But anyway, two hours down, one to go. We're going to get on to a uh, another segment of lie detector tests coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We also have some Bill Self audio to share for you from the banquet. This is Rock Shark Sports Talk on FM 1017. 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. With Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. We'll be back after this. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Well, we have 15 uh, contestants who have advanced on in RCST Trivia. 17 to go, all coming up next week here on RCST. Do your homework over the weekend. If you're in this thing, listen back, I'm telling you. Not just because we like it that you listen to our stuff, but... Yeah, that that is a big part, but, like, it actually does very much... You get an idea of what you need to study. Mm -hmm. Jersey numbers, previous tournament games... Guys who have roads named after them? Yeah. Um, So you can uh, listen back to that on our Best of RCST podcast. By the way, RCST brought to you by T-Mobile. No 5G signal goes farther or is better for coverage indoors and outdoors than our extended range 5G1 signal T-Mobile. You can finally join America's largest and fastest 5G network T-Mobile here in Lawrence. Uh, Before we get into our lie detector test, I did want to make note of this. The transfers continue to pour in for KU football we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Deuce Mayberry, who is a corner, and uh, he's heading out. He's a guy who played some snaps. Kyler Pearson. So is Deuce dropping KU or is KU dropping a Deuce? Ayo. 
I'm assuming it's him dropping KU. Okay. Uh, Kyler Pearson is heading out. He's a receiver. Went to uh, high school in Oklahoma. I feel like Kyler Pearson is the name of a kid everybody went to high school with. <laughs> uh, that just sounds like a name everybody our age would have gone to high school with. Now, Tristan Golightly is like a receiver tight end. He's officially listed as a tight end. He was more of kind of a, a project. Um, he's leaving Corey Robinson. Well, he's just scared of competing with Jared Casey for a spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that changes everything. Uh, honestly, though, it actually might change everything because you get <laughs> dropped behind a walk-on on the depth chart. Uh, Corey Robinson, offensive tackle, he's gone. Larson Workman, we mentioned him yesterday, he's gone. Gaylor Flomo, a running back who I don't know if he was a walk-on or on scholarship or not or if he earned his way up to scholarship, but he is gone. He was getting buried on the depth chart anyway. Mason Brotherton is a tight end, which I don't know how much playing time he was going to get. Um, you don't want to lose Brotherton's any players, of course. Cool name. Yeah, it is. Um, but this does open up a lot of scholarships. That mean KU has a lot of opportunities to go hunting in the uh, transfer portal. It's like we talked about the other day. It used to kind of be a disaster in multiple ways if a lot of dudes transferred because, one, it was them saying, I would rather go sit out for a year than play for you. Now that's not what it means anymore because, obviously, you can transfer once without sitting out a year. But then on top of that, because of that rule, you can now find guys to replace them or impact you immediately, whereas back in the day, if you looked for a transfer, they would then have to sit out for a year. Um, so they, it's that's kind of just a thing to keep in mind. Um that I think is is a really important detail here. Um, yeah, none of those guys were, like, a lot of those guys were expected to be kind of like long-term pillars, like maybe they could develop into something. I think among the guys, like Deuce Mayberry, that could be a kind of a, a painful transfer to lose because he could have been one of your starting corners. Uh, I think it was more leaning to be, I don't know, maybe like Cameron Dabney and, and Romello Dotson or um, God, you bring in Dotson's a fun name to say too. Yeah, Richard sophomore, or you bring in Kalon Gervin, like maybe Gervin and Dotson or something like that. Maybe even Jacoby Bryant could be a starter. So I don't think it was like guarantee he was going to start, but certainly he was a guy who played last year and was expected to play at least rotate in, whether it was in in a semi starting role or coming off the bench as one of the first corners off the bench. So that one hurts a little bit, but um, again, like. You should be able to replace all these guys, and if you go out there and get more impact guys like you did with Eric Gilliard and Craig Young, and and that's the other thing. With losing all these guys, you don't have to go out there and get, you know, to replace them with five guys who are immediately going to start. Yeah, you you can replace them with other projects. Right, right. Or, or, yeah, other projects that you might even think might be more likely to work out. Let me ask you something. This Mm -hmm. is off the transfer portal discussion, but on the football discussion. If, you know what, I'll say when. When Kansas wins the national championship in football, okay. <laughs> will they have a parade in the cold mm-hmm. in January? Oh, yeah. I think so. If they win it, I don't, I don't think people care if it's negative 20. If KU wins a championship in football. They'll have a, I think they'll uh, have a parade. Uh, now, uh, football, teams, uh, football teams are a, a lot month. bigger. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how parade that last would work long. because you would, like, I think, like, one car would get to the end of the parade on mass, and the like. There would be another car just starting it. <laughs> I mean, that would be a long parade. It's like uh, it's like in Pac Man when you go off the screen on one side, you, you come, come back on the on other, the other side, side. Yeah, like yeah. Mitch Hedberg said, if you're at a parade and it's boring, just run really fast in the other direction. It'll fast forward <laughs> it for you. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, when that inevitably happens, as you pointed out, 
Uh, it'll be a fun time. Okay, uh, let's get on to our lie detector test here. We've got a couple of stories this week. We're going to try to tell. Are they telling the truth or are they lying? First up, Ed Orgeron told the Notre Dame football team he was there. His sons were visiting. Um, told them they're going to win the title. Told the Notre Dame was going to win the yeah, title? Yeah, he told the Notre Dame players they're going to win the title. Are we certain he said that? Yes, he did. Because you can just hear him say words and say, I think he said this. Yeah. I think he said he's going to get $1,000. Yeah. Yeah, good call, Ed. Do you do you, I guess there's there's two ways of seeing it. Like he could be telling the truth, but it could end up being a lie. You know what I mean? Or do you think he was just blowing smoke that up? That feels their butt? like something he says to a lot of people. So you think he just colleges. he just like Like I'm not saying he would go to northern Colorado or even right. Kansas and say I think you guys like I think he could he, if he were like he could come but to a place like, like USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be like, yeah. I think yeah, like yeah, there's Link Riley a real good in the championship. Yeah, he would say something like that. I think if he comes to like I think he would pump up like if he goes to a place like Illinois or Kansas, mm-hmm. he could be like, No, this you guys could really turn it around and be the team that makes a bowl. <laughs> like I think he would pump up any team, like whatever a team like is the top of their expectations, I think he would say the same thing if he went to talk at uh, to Sark's gang down in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't you know, they just I don't think they'll sniff a title with, with, with him. No, um, I kind of. I, I, I think he. I, I think he. Um, I will go lie. Yeah, I'll. I'll agree with you but there. Lie in a in a in a fun way. In a nice yeah, not way. in a yeah. yeah, not in a mean, not bad intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Just at all. like, hey, I want to get you guys excited. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's motivation more than anything. It's not a lie. It's motivation. It's like but when your parents, like my parents, when I first started playing baseball or soccer or whatever mm-hmm. or flag football. You know, I loved football, and I'm sure they thought maybe, you know, I, I could have played. But they looked at each other, and they said, we didn't create a pro athlete, but go get him, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Give it your best shot. Good right. for you. Work hard. I think that he is trying to speak something into existence. I think he, he wants, wants Brian Kelly exactly. to peace out. And Brian then, Kelly goes in and gets his job at LSU. I don't have good feelings about the University of Notre Dame. In fact, I really don't like them. That would be hilarious. Though. Yes, that it would. That would be awesome. They win a title in Brian Kelly's first year not there. Like the guy, who's the guy that he kept leaving? Like it was kind of this running joke that like he would leave and the school or the team, whatever he was with, would win the title the next year. And like somebody traced it back to like his the, the year after he graduated high school, that team won the state championship or something like that. Oh, I didn't see that. I did see. I don't know if this is your mix misconfusing with this. There was that thing of like Tom Brady, wherever he lives, that, that no. area like has a bunch of success. No, so no, like no. He went to high like school Boston, yeah. in the Bay Area when like the 49ers, 49ers were great. And, and then he the goes A's. to the Patriots and they just win all these titles, yeah. the Bruins and the Red Sox. And then he goes to Tampa and the Lightning win the Stanley no, Cup. No, no. There was this coach that like he, would, he left and then the team won the National national championship it might have been the guy that i don't know it was like the dude would leave and then and the next year the team huh. would win it all and like it kept happening and then somebody traced it back like the year after he graduated high school that team won wow the state championship <laughs> oh i feel so bad for that guy I, i'm trying to remember who it was it might have been was it the guy that left the raptors the year before they won it all with um dwayne casey I don't and then know. nick nurse comes in and they win a title I don't know. Maybe it was him. I don't know. But it was somebody that had that long list like that. Okay, how about this story? Clayton Kershaw earlier this week 
was pulled. He had, after seven innings, he had seven perfect innings. So hadn't given up a hit, hadn't given up a walk, no errors. And here's the kicker: he only had 80 pitches, which usually we see. You know, pitchers might stretch up to around 100, 120, maybe even 130 in a situation like this for a perfect game. Here's what he said after the game, though. And actually, I saw an in-game interview. Uh, I was watching uh, some baseball last night, and and they showed him on an interview during the game in the first inning. They asked him again. He reiterated it. He said, it was the right decision. It was time. Do you believe him? No. no so he's just, what, being a good teammate? Yes. I think he don't want, doesn't want to deal with controversy. Mm-hmm. I think he's, it's part about wanting to deal with, uh, but it's also he doesn't want to deal with a month of, oh, is there tension between Clayton Kershaw? And Dave Roberts, the manager. Dave Roberts. Yeah. And like every week at, like every start now, it's going to get to a point, it would get to a point where it would be like, you know, Kershaw has two men on with, you know, two outs in the sixth. Here comes Dave Roberts. Oh, is this going to cause more tension between them? You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. think he wants to deal with that. Um, yeah, I, I'll say this. He, if anybody is going to change my opinion on that, it would be Clayton Kershaw. And the, and the fact that he's said what he said kind of has made me readjust. Well, maybe I'm thinking of it the wrong way. The thing about it, though, is he wasn't. He doesn't throw with much velocity, which tells no, me he's that like him, low to mid nineties now. Which tells me that his arm can go because it's it's much more. Well, I don't want to say much more. I'm basing this on Jeff Passan's book, The Arm. That there, the evidence, uh, the more evidence comes in, the more it is velocity has more to do with with screwed up arms than number of pitches. Though there's there's a sweet spot somewhere, um, but it's it's more velocity, and this version of Clayton Kershaw isn't chucking 98 miles an hour, so you have less to worry about with that velocity. Yeah, but then you add the caveat. So this is why I actually do I do believe him. I also though think if Dave Roberts approaches him and goes, "We're going to let you finish this game." He goes, hell yeah, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so I don't think this was a situation where he like was like, yes, I need to come out. I don't think he. Yeah, no, I, I would. But agree I with actually that. don't think he has a problem I, with it. I don't think he's like. I don't think behind closed doors or with his family, like with his wife or his friends, he's he was angry like, and. Strong. But I don't even think. But it, I, I don't think. No, I. I, I don't even think, think it was very, to a point where somebody was like, where he was like, could you believe that? Like, no, I. I don't think he's upset with it at all. No, but here's why. I, I think I, in his heart of hearts, he would like to have stayed in. Yeah, of course. But like, but here's why. I, I don't even know if he has that feeling. I mean, one, he has experienced so many things. He has experienced the perfect games. He's won so many Cy Youngs. He's won a World Series. His goal this year, the reason he came back, he could have retired, but he decided to come back. He decided to sign a one-year deal with the Dodgers was because of the fact he wanted the best chance to win another World Series. So what do you think he cares about more? Yeah. Getting the perfect game right away or being healthy pitching in the postseason? And, and here's the other piece of this. He's just coming off a elbow injury last year that made him miss the rest of the season. Miss yeah, the they postseason. had him. They had him for a tight seventy-five. I read somewhere they had him for a tight seventy-five pitch limit in that yeah. game, and he was already at eighty. So he, he eighty or ninety. Yeah, he missed all of October with an elbow. It was eighty. He missed yeah, okay. all of October with an elbow injury, and then you have a situation where he didn't even pick up a baseball until January, and then you have a shortened spring where he has less time to to stretch out. Like, I get it. I get I it. It's unfortunate. Up, but. I haven't picked up a baseball in four or five years. If I was throwing a mm. perfect game, I would want the manager to keep me in. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. I I get it. Like, 
at the end of the day, I'd rather celebrate the World Series. Yeah, uh, and, and look, that. if he if he keeps him in there and and you know he gives up a hit in the eighth inning, and then in two weeks, even if it's totally unrelated to that game, Clayton Kershaw gets an injury, everyone's screaming at Dave Roberts. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. It's like it's impossible to know what the like what's the limit. Like yeah, you know, like you said, could could he have gone ninety pitches and still felt, felt fine? It's it's. I still think velocity has more to do with it, but I also watched. And Nolan Ryan, I, I watched. That's the thing, and they he threw with a lot of velocity for the time. Well, he was like forty five. Yeah, no, he was throwing like a hundred. Was he? Well, yeah. he's a freak then. Yeah, but I also Justin watched, Verlander. I watched. Throwing 100. I watched Gil Mesh, who at a time was the most expensive free agent signing in the history of the Kansas City Royals, get destroyed. Because he got trotted out for 122 pitches one game and like 116 the next. All right. Well, that is our lie detector test. Uh, I don't know where we settled on that one, but he's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.